We went to Spain. We did. We went to Spain. That's where we've been these past three weeks. That's why we're not posting on social media. That's, That's why. why our entire personal feeds are just videos of us seeing Jesse Ware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because the number of times I've shown people the picture I got of Jesse Ware with the whip. Yeah. I don't have enough fingers. Shocking. Shocking that Shocking. she did that. Amazing that she did that. Incredible. Best Bow show of the down. festival. Oh, it was so good. It was, it was so, so good. good. Although was Squid so was also really good. They were probably my second date. Squid was, I had, I was expecting something more along the lines of dry cleaning. Right. Black Country New Road, and they were explosive. Yeah, they were giving experimental rock band to a T. I loved mm-hmm. it. They were giving Singing Drummer, my fave. Ugh, we love a Singing Drummer. Bring it love back. Bring more drummer. of those back. Come, come on, Phil Collins. Where are you? And now came talk. 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 <laughs> Hola, que tal? Que tal? Uh, lo siento. Sorry, we've been in Spain oh, for three weeks. God, I just got so sorry. used to speaking Espanol. Lo Ugh, sorry, let me just, uh, you just like get Disculpe. my mouth moving for English. Ugh, such a yes. ugly language. Para inglés. Oh, yes. Para inglés, bitch. <laughs> oh, well, welcome I back. I did have to consciously do that for like two days. <laughs> no, like, actually, no. Like, I'm not even joking saying, like, when I came back, I was like, Oh wait, I can speak English more often now. Actually, <laughs> or hundred percent of the time. Um, Thank God. Well, welcome back to us, and I guess welcome back to you too, our listeners. Thank you. Welcome back. Hi. Straight people movies. Yes. 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 Last week we had a really fun one-off episode. Um, if you haven't checked that out yet, you should because it's a hell of a time. And wow. we're back to our regular programming. Um. Mm. And just in case you are new, or in case you just want to hear us say it again, this is Straight People Movies. It's the podcast where each week, we two gays, we explore a movie straight people love, and we ask why. Or in this why? case, por qué. Por qué. <laughs> uh, I'm Kirkman uh, Sickle. I'm Dylan Garcia. And yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a while since we've last recorded, so... I feel I, like we gotta. We need to like. Whew, you gotta loosen it up. We gotta shake out the cobwebs. We started a little late today because I forgot to make our outline. Because I we keep, we do a little outline, of course. We also this are recording fully off the top of the dome. So and, late <laughs> in the week, we usually record three days ago. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you're wondering why it was late and it's happening on a Thursday, not a Wednesday, it's completely my fault. You can blame no, me. It's, it is, no, it's my it fault, is. Dylan. It's okay. Don't show me the blame. It's, it's Kirk's fault. Yeah. It is. It's Jesse Ware's fault for serving too hard. Yeah, I just it just took a while to recover from that honestly <laughs> she hit you with that whip she did I, ow ow but also ow you know <laughs> also right i mean <laughs> which is actually kind of a good segue into the movie that we're doing yeah this movie's a little sexy so what why are we doing this movie <laughs> We did the, we're so today we are talking about the cult classic from the year 2001 uh, Wet Hot American Summer and we're doing it cuz it's a camp movie. It's a and camp movie and summer, it's summer. Yes, you got a summer camp. It's summer. Did you ever go to summer camp? No. Well, I did well, okay. So this is going to sound really pretentious and very like <laughs> rich boy. Um yes. but so be it. Um when I was 9, my sister and I I didn't really understand what the fuck we were doing, but my mom took us to some cattle call audition thing in the okay. woodlands where I'm from. And my mom was actually really hoping that my sister would get into this like program because she's like way prettier and cuter than I was when I was a child <laughs> still is. Um, and it turns out that I guess I had a little, I had a little, a little something, a little, a little star quality because it turns Ooh. out, and I didn't, I truly did not understand what it was until a year after I went to this thing. It was a summer camp for actors. Yes. I went to a summer camp for actors. I auditioned. I flew to New York City oh my by goodness. myself as a nine-year-old because <laughs> the director of the camp did not want to deal with parents at all. He was one of those. 
And I got shuttled to upstate New York with a bunch of other kids of all ages from like nine to like 18. And it was just basically a summer camp with an emphasis on acting and performance. So I love it. I had like Tai Chi classes and movement classes, but I also <sighs> had like monologue classes and scene partner classes. I was the youngest boy there that year. Um, and I remember that they fed us a vegetarian food at the <laughs> camp because the camp director was vegetarian. And I of threw course. up on the first night because I had to eat a hummus and tomato sandwich. And I was like, what the actual <laughs> fuck is this? I literally was like, what the fuck is the, I literally to this day can't eat raw tomatoes because of that oh, experience. <laughs> yeah. They are nasty. Sorry. Everyone else. Um, so yeah, so it's a little weird. So I I get it. I get the bunk thing. I get the like Mm -hmm. cabin thing. I get the like having a counselor thing, but in terms of like being bullied (laughs) by jocks and like playing sports and like doing outdoorsy activities, I don't get that part. What about you? I did. I went to summer camp, uh, middle school, freshman year of high school. I went to camp Lone Star in LaGrange, Texas. It's a, it is a Lutheran summer camp. Mm. So we learned the words of God uh, through a Lutheran lens, but also did like archery and canoeing and kayaking and stuff like that. Cute. I mean, that Uh, sounds very Southern to me. It's like summer camp, but like make it religious. Yeah, it was very Southern. And I remember they had a little commissary thing and I would always get um, grape soda or RC Cola because those are two things I never drank at home. So I'd always have a grape soda. You were like, (laughs) I'll have one of those. Those don't exist outside of this place. (laughs) We don't have those in Beaumont. So cute. Uh, did you like summer fun. camp? Oh, I loved it. It was so you much did? fun. You weren't bullied? Because yeah. no. I feel like I would have been bullied. No, I, I probably was the bully knowing me. I probably was. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, but no, I had a great time. I know, it was so much fun. And, you know, I, I, you know, I still love praise music. <laughs> I, I, I famously get really high and listen to praise music. You loved MIA's last song at her set. And oh, that was, I was so bored during her entire set until that last song came on. And I was like, yes, let's fill this guy with marigolds. Yeah. Let's go girl. <laughs> love it. Uh, no, it was, I love summer camp, but that's so yeah, that's why we're talking about what hot American summer. And we'll give you a little rundown real quick. Um, it is directed by David, David Wayne. And it's starring Janine Garofalo, David Hyde Pierce, Molly Shannon, Paul Rudd, Christopher Maloney, Amy Poehler, Elizabeth Banks, Michael Showalter, Michael Ian Black, just the state, basically. Uh, Ken Marino, and in his feature film debut, Mr. Bradley Cooper. The funniest thing Mm -hmm. about this movie is that this was his first performance. It's crazy. Like, what came first? Like, him being in this or him doing that inside the actor's studio, I wonder? (laughs) The iconic Inside the Oscar Studio. Um, but the film, there's not really a plot to it. Uh, it's just a bunch of stuff that happens. But it basically follows a group of horny, irresponsible, and deranged camp counselors and staff as they make it to the last day of camp, yada, yada, yada. Bradley Cooper bottoms in this movie. Yeah, you, you know, people say that, like, Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger were brave for what they did at Brokeback Mountain, but I think what Michael Ian Black and Bradley Cooper do in this movie is actually what bravery is. It fully is brave. It's, like, hot. It's, it's like, hot, and it's, it's actually hot. maybe one of the more tender yes. love scenes. And I think the funny thing is, is I think they were taking the piss out of gay sex, but ironically, it ended up being a tender gay sex scene because of that. <laughs> it was like, finally, representation. Because I think that, like, when straight men think of gay sex, they're like, oh, yeah, they're, like, pounding whole and being, like, gross and disgusting. But, you yeah. know, sometimes we make love. Not all sometimes the time. Sometimes we make not love. Not a lot of the time, honestly. Yeah, let's be, like, 90% of the time we're not. But... But when we were in high school, sure, before we were broken. Oh, yeah. By, you know. <laughs> When we were at summer camp. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And it is currently available to rent on iTunes, or you can do what I did and watch it on an airplane. Yeah, I Um, watched it on iTunes. There you go. uh, The selection on United Airlines is fucking crazy. Like, they have a bunch of new stuff, and they have a bunch of older stuff. You know, they have What Hot American Summer. I also watched Hot Rod. Oh, Uh, I love Hot Rod. uh, We got to do Hot Rod. Let's maybe do it in our summer series. Uh, I love Hot Rod. That movie is so underrated. But they had on there, I was looking, I saw they had Cube, and I was like, hell yes, I fucking love Cube. Cube is iconic. And it turns out it was the Japanese remake of Cube, which I didn't know existed. And I was like, do I watch the Japanese remake of Cube? I did not. I was too afraid. Dylan. Not of like the movie, but I was afraid of like people around me. You know, oh, that I was, was when we myself. watched Fire Island on the plane there. 
Oh, and no. there's a, it's a pretty like low key movie, but there's a couple mm-hmm. of like you know a little couple of raunchy shots. Yeah. And there was like a kid sitting behind us, and I'm pretty sure they were asleep, but we were like oh, we were like putting our like, bodies <laughs> in the, the crack between the seats because we were like oh god. Oh, no. Just indoctrinating the children, you know how we mm-hmm. are. Um, what had American Summer? What a movie! I love this movie. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I didn't really get, I didn't see this. So this is a movie that was on. I think it was on VH1 or Comedy Central or something, all mm-hmm. of the time, growing mm-hmm. up. So I caught bits and pieces of it all the time, but I never watched all the way through until the Netflix series. The Netflix series. Prequel series is actually probably my real introduction to the world of Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, I got that even one of – this is actually my first time seeing it. What? Have my you not seen time, the Netflix series? But I watched the Netflix series. That is so funny. So I feel like when I rewatched the movie after I watched the Netflix series, it became – it made the movie and the Netflix series more funny. The Netflix series is brilliant. so fucking good. The Netflix series it's... is probably funnier than the movie overall. Mm-hmm. But it's hilarious that – it's just so brilliant to me that they were like, hey, how about 15 years later, we all just come back and play the same characters, but it's actually a prequel I and we're it. older. <laughs> it's just amazing. It's so good. And it just, it, it's so great how they're able to contextualize a lot of the things that happen in the movie, but they also mm-hmm. add so many other psychotic subplots that don't even get referenced in the movie. It's perfect. Amazing. It's amazing. It's Incredible so good. Uh, 10 yeah, years later, should... I didn't finish that. It wasn't that good. Yeah, I didn't watch the I didn't watch the other other series, but the first prequel series, fantastic. Um, but yeah, the movie's really funny. I was kind of worried because I I know there's some people that I know respect their opinion that think the movie's a little overrated. And I was, yeah, I could. And see whenever it. I go into comedies, I am kind of like, the second I hear any sort of blood in the water that like a movie is kind of overrated or actually kind of like annoying, that I'm like I'm looking out for it. But no, I had a great time. I was a little high. But I, I think that time. that's the way to watch the movie because I will say watching it again by myself, middle of the day, no mm-hmm. friends. I mean, like a comedy like this especially is meant to be watched with others, I think, for the most part. Or stoned. I was yes. neither. So I didn't mm-hmm. laugh as much because I think I feed off of other people during comedies. But I still had yeah. a great time and enjoy the characters. And I, I was reading on the Wikipedia that they kind of modeled the film after um, Nashville, which is so funny to me because <laughs> I yeah. love that film. But I get what they mean. It's just like uh, there's no plot. It's a lot of different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, but it's at a, an airplane or scary movie level of heightened silliness. Yeah. Um, but it feels grounded more so than those films do. It's a well, balance. really act. helpful that like everyone in this movie is like still famous and still working and like kind of iconic. I know. Like there's no, there's no like duds in this movie. Oh no. Everyone in it, everyone in this movie is like, they cat is so well cast. Oh, it's amazing. And everyone's so good in it. You know what person they are within the mm-hmm. first like five seconds of them speaking. I do have to say like for me, my favorite subplot slash characters, I guess have got to be Amy Poehler and Bradley Cooper. It's they're so fucking Especially funny. Especially growing up doing theater. The Spot accuracy <laughs> in how they bully those kids about their performances is like, oh, yeah, that was my theater director in, in high school. <laughs> like, just abusing the fuck out of us. So I good. It's like, I, I love, not, and not because I'm thirsting after him, but Christopher, from, Christopher Maloney's plot. Oh, yeah. It's so fucking weird. And probably the most insane. It's the most ta- surreal. Second, it's the most surreal of the. Of, of all the plots, absolutely. I love it so much. Uh, the shit with the, the fucking soup. the can, Not the soup, the can of vegetables is so fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. Uh, Amazing. Everything. It's incredible. It's one joke. And it's the same joke over and over and over again. Yeah. It's perfect. It's just a perfect little. Everyone else kind of grows, but he doesn't, and it's incredible. It's just, it's so. Well, fucking he does. Stupid. He does have a, a you know, he grows mm-hmm. in the sense of that, you know, he's able to hump a fridge in front of a room of children, um, uh-huh. <laughs> and comfortably so. So I do think that there was growth there. Look, live your. It is Pride Month. It uh, is live pride. your true self. Maybe he's, you know, it's like easy to say that the gay characters are the gayest characters, but in a way, Christopher Maloney's character is the gay character. That's the actual representation. That of gay I sex. felt more represented by him. Wanting mm-hmm. to openly talk about how he likes to smear mud on his ass. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Then Bradley Cooper and Michael Ian Black getting hippie <laughs> married in a lake. So. 
That image is so good. It's just them in the fucking. It's so fucking funny. It's so cool. It's great. You know what it made me want to rewatch? I love Janine Garofalo, and it made me want to rewatch Mystery Men, which is another. uh, I've never seen it. Underrated, overrated. It's so. With comedies, I feel like it's one or the other. Because mm-hmm. I feel like c- comedies like Mystery Men or or Wood Hot America somewhere that taint and then got a cult following that are now mm-hmm. considered good. Now there's backlash against that. So it's like yep. I feel like Mystery Men had not as big as Wood Hot American Summer, but there was definitely rumblings of like Mystery Men's actually a good movie and was misunderstood. And now mm-hmm. I feel like people are probably like, no, it's actually just not that good. So <laughs> I, I want to know. I need to watch it to really, really be able to solidify my opinion on it because I remember bits from that movie and I watched it when I was eight years old. <laughs> what isn't Paul Rubens in it? And he's like, what is he like, fart or Girl, something? Girl, I really could not tell you. All I know is that Kel, not Keenan, Kel is in the movie, and Perfect. he plays an invisible man that can only be invisible if no one's looking at him. And I, I think about that like monthly, <laughs> about <laughs> I, how I actually think that that's like high comedy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, it would be very annoying. That also is a a very good episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> Oh Jesus! With like the, the statues. At, okay, know, that's scary though, yeah, bitch. It's scary. That's it's scary, scary though. That episode's scary. That's with Carrie Mulligan, right? Mm-hmm. Mama, that that mama. If I do a top five scariest things in the world, <laughs> all media included, maybe mm-hmm. not top five, but top ten. That episode of Doctor Who is like it's horrifying. Nice. It's horrifying. It's so scary. It's so scary. one of the five episodes of Doctor Who that I've seen. Uh, I had a cause... Doctor Who phase when I was depressed in my early twenties. Oh no! I might oh, honestly. I'm depressed right now. So what if I get a Doctor Who? Get into it. He he felt like my best friend when I had none. Oh, so there we go. Amazing. I love that. Um, um, I think summer camp as a concept, people love making shit about, especially like in the '80s and '90s. I mean, this is the tale in the '90s. Oh, this is the early 2000s. But I feel like it's the last summer camp movie. Like, can you think of another summer camp? Yeah. Anything? Well, it's so funny because it's taking the piss out of summer camp movies, right? But like yeah. a loving piss. And yeah. I also think it's really funny. That it's um, much like Donnie Darko came out the same year, um, mm-hmm. 80s throwback, pretty close in time to the time period. It yeah. was 20 years prior because it's 1981. Donnie Darko is 88. But still, it's like mm-hmm. I feel like there's something about that movie and Dazed and Confused 2. And, and the, 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 the time period between Dazed and Confused when it came out and when it's set is also very short. Mm-hmm. I feel like it actually captures this energy. That you get from watching movies from that era in a way that feels more authentic to me than like yeah. Stranger Things, for example. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that summer camp is a great subgenre of movie because much like vacation movies, when you put people in an environment they're not used to being in and it's got mm. a limited time on it, it's just so easy to come up with. And in this case, hijinks mm. um, to put the characters through because you can really kind of do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. I mean, no. It, no supervision, no adults, really. And there are adults, the adults of the children. Yeah. And that's kind of how it always plays. And, I mean, like, Friday the 13th probably the most famous example of a summer camp movie. Yeah, most summer camp movies are horror films, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's well, probably, like, schlocky sex Well, there is summer, summer camp, camp movies that we don't know horror about. Horror movie that we're going to talk about later. Um, but I had, in the 90s, there were, like, two big summer camp CB shows. There was Salute Your Shorts in, like, the early 90s of Nickelodeon, early mid-90s. Uh, and then there was Bug Juice, which is, like, so, a reality show. I remember Bug Juice because that was our yeah. era. Yeah, Bug Juice is, like, whenever I first got Disney Channel on the, on the satellite TV in my grandparents' house. What is Bug Juice, bitch? It was a reality show. It was, like, a documentary. No, 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 no. Like, what is Bug Juice? Oh, what, like, what the juice of the just, bug. Isn't it just, like... Kool-Aid and Coke and iced teas and a bunch of just like garbage you put together and like kind of like jungle juice. I still don't know and I wonder I don't know if I want to know. Well, let's see. What no, is no, bug? no, don't tell me. I don't want to know. I, I want to live out. my entire life without knowing what bug juice is. I just want to know. I just want to think it's just a thing that kids drink at summer camp. I didn't go to summer camp, bitch, so I don't know. And if they had bug juice at my summer camp, it would have been soy milk. <laughs> uh, do you want me to tell you if I'm right or wrong? Okay, I guess tell me that if you're right or wrong, because, I mean... I mean, it's just Kool-Aid. I was right. Yeah, it's just it Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid? It's just Kool-Aid. See, it's and like... this is why I didn't want to know, Dylan. Because <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, there are so many elements to bug juice. It's a concoction that takes, like, two days to make. It's, like, a very special thing. <laughs> I thought it was, like, it's like moonshine. The kids I thought it was, like, summer, you know, like, sun-baked 
tea with Kool-Aid and, and <laughs> sugar crystals. Dog. I don't fucking know, bitch. I didn't uh, know what it was. Well, it kind of reminds me, like, whenever I went to summer camp, like, one of the most, like, actually, like, adorable things that an adult has ever done for, like, me and other children was to, like... They had a pool, so you wouldn't have to swim in the lake. They had a pool also, because I fucking hate stagnant bottles of water. I think they're water. They're so fucking gross. Uh, so I would swim in the pool. And afterward, the camp counselors would put, like, like eardrops like, ear in your ears. You know, this is, you wouldn't have shit in them or whatever, from the chlorine or whatever. And they would always be like, every day it's a different flavor of eardrop. And they'd be like, oh, today's cherry. And then all the kids are like, oh, I want cherry eardrops. Oh, that is so cute. And I was like, that's so fucking adorable. Oh, oh if, I, I, if I have children, I'm that's going in my back pocket, bitch. Putting that there. That, yeah, that's so good. I love it. Oh, look at us. We go, like, we're so earnest today. I'm loving earnest. We're so earnest. We go on vacation. We don't look at our phones for two weeks. And then we come back and we're like, earnest, talking about how cool summer camp is. And wow. Like, it's great. Not talking about talking how we wanted to kill ourselves and our yeah. teens. <laughs> we're in Top Gun Maverick. We were like, please. Oh, well, I was like, please save me from this. Okay, I loved it. Uh, it was fine. Uh, um, summer camp. But yeah, I I think it's it's a cool little... I feel like it, it's a cool thing to reissue... Not reissue, to revisit. There hasn't really been much summer camp. I bet there's like, like summer camp. I feel like there's always like a summer camp episode of a tv show if it's like a children's or teen show mm-hmm. yeah maybe like more like a field trip episode maybe that's what's feel- replaced oh, i the love a camp. good field trip oh, we love, love a good field trip. trip episode um yeah i don't know i guess are summer camps like do you think they're Still kind of on thing? their way out like maybe in the last 20 years i feel like people are so much more helicoptery with their kids these days i wonder mm-hmm. if anyone even feels comfortable sending their kids off to summer camp at this point anymore I mean, I don't know. I mean, probably if it's like, I, you know, I bet there's still like theater camps. But I bet they're like a weekend. I feel like, like I bet camps are like a week. They're not like two months. Like it used to be the whole summer. Yeah. I never did a two month summer camp. That was, that shit's crazy. I did like a week and a half, I think was. Okay. Mine. Yeah. Same. Cause mine was only like a week and a half or two weeks. Yeah. And like, I couldn't, I think that might've been only in the eighties or nineties. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> you go for two weeks. Well, it's also like you have to like staff it and shit, and you can probably like they probably capitalismed it, and where it's like, okay, well, if instead of doing one month where we get like one one payment once the summer, what if we did like week and a half camps, and then we got like eight payments instead or whatever? Yeah, it's kind of like it. my job, sort of. <laughs> so instead of having like a full event, why not have like a miniature small event? We just do a bunch of miniature small events. There we get just a bunch They're of little guys. Well, it's like I am currently learning about this thing called Kubernetes and containers, which is like a software thing of like instead of having all of your apps in one like thing that you write instead of one program, you have a bunch of mini programs that run together. Uh-huh. I fucking hate it. I'm doing it for a job interview. I better fucking get this job. Uh, I believe <laughs> if in I don't, you. Thank you. You better get that job. There's a recession, bitch. Mm-hmm, I know. I better get this. I, I I work for the state, too, and they can't fire me. <laughs> yes. Um, but What Hot American Summer. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Fantastic uh, there's movie. so many great moments in it. I feel like we haven't gotten to talk about one of my favorite segments. Something that really hits close to home mm-hmm. as a child of a, a mother that needs a lot of therapy um, from their child. Um, sorry, Mom. Um, <laughs> Molly Shannon... Molly and those Jen, children. We're going to get into that later. Mama. We'll I won't say more, later, but mama. Yes, mama. Ma- li- literal ma- mama. Maybe. Actually, maybe the funniest. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Molly and Jen I also miss genius. when people can make jokes about people like marrying children in comedies and it wasn't like I gross. <laughs> I mean, like you don't have to like kiss them or whatever. I guess that's like a little too far, but no. like, looking at you birth. But, um, I fucking fully <laughs> in an improv set the other day was like, "Have you seen Birth? You haven't. Well, let me explain the plot of Birth to you." <laughs> you said, "When all else fails, when I'm doing improv, I'll just bring up a random esoteric film from the 2000s and describe the plot for it." Exactly, and it worked. No, it didn't work. It was that was a flop show. But love still, it. Birth. I think it, I think it's high camp. Thank you. Um. But yes, Molly Shannon was great. I love, I fucking love David Hyde Pierce so much. Yeah, I'm glad that there's one faggot in the movie. Thank you. One yeah. real faggot. Uh, yeah, no, he he's is, great. The comedy. Can between, he get it? 
Him and Janine. Oh, yeah, he can get it. Especially in he this. Oh, yeah. He's especially in Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, he can get it in this. Oh, I think the, a scene. It's so funny what really perturbed me as a child really ended up 180-ing itself and being the kind of humor that I love. But I remember having a, a memory of seeing parts of What Odd American Summer when I was a kid, maybe like 12 or 13. So I wasn't like too young, but I was like maybe not ready for an R-rated comedy just yet. And mm. I remember the scene where like Paul Rudd and Elizabeth Banks are making out and letting that kid drown and he does in fact drown. Like really like disturbed me to my core as a, as a kid. And now I love shit like that. I wish there was more shit like that still. Just like mean, <laughs> mean, movie. mean humor. No, you know what? The, yes. okay, I'm sorry, bitch. You know what the funniest part of the movie is? And me and my friend, my old roommate, Andrew, shout out. I don't know if he listens or not. But we got into What Out American Summer together in uh, mid-2010s, I guess, is when the show came out. And we used to try to one-up each other on who could do the best impersonation of Paul Rudd shoving his food. And then going like, <laughs> ugh. <laughs> And like he's just like that scene. That's the loudest I laughed. Was like remembering that part was like wow. That was such a moment in my life. Was that that scene? Like it had a chokehold on me. He is such a fucking muppet in this movie. He he walks like the way like a frustrated muppet walks, where it's like uh, 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 and just making it so fucking stupid. It's so funny. It's amazing. Yeah, that entire scene where he like throws his. It's also just like how he just goes. And she's like, are you going to pick that up? And it's like a literal three minute long sequence of him cleaning it up and huffing and puffing about it. It's so good. It's comedy. Paul Rudd is such a genius. And he's peak hotness in this movie, I think. He's so fucking hot in this movie. Um, You know who isn't hot and I think is my least favorite part of the thing? And don't tell Alex because he'll get mad at me, but I think it's Ken Marino. Yeah, you know, he has always felt like a poor man's Nathan Fillion to me. Sorry, sorry everyone if you love him, but like I do think his plot line, I could see that plot line being very funny. And this is going to sound so mean. I could see that plot line being really funny when you're like 12. Mhm. No, 100%. Like you're also a version that hasn't had sex yet. You would like also think that's <laughs> funny, but to me as an adult man, I'm just like, "Eh, this is like not really." Yeah. You know who is funny in those sequences is uh what's his face, Joe Latruglio. Yes. He's really I funny. Love and he's so, so that scene where him and Jenny Garofalo are like destroying the infirmary. <laughs> My God. Brilliant. That's good. That's some good shit. But yeah, he's great in it. But yeah, I just think the comedy, I just never found the whole bit of like a straight guy pretending like he's like fucked a bunch and hasn't like that trope to be like particularly hilarious. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, okay, like whatever. He's like, yeah, like yeah. guys lie, I guess about stuff like that. He's like a loser. I do think when Joe, yeah. Joe Trulia goes like, you're a, you're a loser. I can't <laughs> believe you're such a loser. That was <laughs> so good. Did but. you ever watch Party Down? I did. Um, I feel like I had some friends that were like super into Party Down. And I like enjoyed it. But it wasn't yeah. something that was really like, I must you finish think? all of this. Yeah. Did you ever see the porn episode where they had to cater the porn yes. awards? Yes. That sounds very and familiar. He, and he unrolls his giant dick. Like Jill Latruglia does or Ken Marino? Ken, Ken Marino. Yeah. It's like fully like Dirk Diggler times three. It's like comically large. I feel like I remember a shot of it. Like it's like behind his legs and it just goes. It, <laughs> my favorite part of that though is whenever Martin Starr is talking to a porn actress and she's like, oh yeah, I love, I love sci-fi. I love when the, when the people have, you know, big swords and they have, uh, what, is it, what did she say? She's like, when they have swords. And he's like, that's fantasy. Amazing. Sci-fi spaceships. If you want a sword, a sword, or a talisman, that's fantasy. Amazing. Schooling a, uh, a schooling a um, porn star on the difference between fantasy and sci-fi is uh, straight I camp. Love it. Just <laughs> a sword or a talisman. Uh, that, that's it. me playing Magic the Gathering. I love that. You know how in every comedy episode we do, we're always like, wow, we talk so like esoterically about the movie. Like it's like an essay. I like that mm-hmm. this episode, we're just literally just saying, we're just quoting parts of the movie. Like we're actually yeah, doing the thing look, that we said that we should do. Exactly. That's what this exhaustion does to you. We, <laughs> we figured out this fucking show. Yeah. It took us. <laughs> you just want to hear us say these lines in our fag sense. Yeah. <laughs> we should do that with like, Every movie. We should honestly do an audio track where we just replace the audio of a movie, but with just all of our voices. 
Hi, editor's note real quick. In the following bit, I use the wrong word. Um, it should be strident. You know, strident. Not the word that I say instead. Just a heads up so you don't laugh at me. Carry on. Yeah, we're just like, like I'm trying to think of a line from like one of the movies we've done. We could do Margaret and be like, you're being trident. And he's like, you don't even know what trident means. Like, I'm sorry I used trident incorrectly. I was just in the moment. Oh, my God. That scene is so good. (laughs) Uh, So good. I loved that scene. Um, No, but we could like quote like straight, very straight lines. Very gay. Like we could be like, I'm trying to think of a line. You, you die and become a hero, or you live long enough and see yourself become the villain. <laughs> I like that you. Uh, it was very done in the way of like a, a obviously closeted gay teen, like auditioning for the lead <laughs> role of a, a theater show. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my Romeo. My no, no. Well, I guess he would be auditioning for Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe if he's a real faggot. Um, no, like uh, it's like uh, to be or not to be that. <laughs> Is the question. That is the teaser. That is the teaser. <laughs> to slay or not to slay? To big slay that. or little slay? <laughs> wow, we truly are fully just worms for brains at this point. Fully. I have not eaten since lunch. Since oh, yeah, I haven't eaten at all. That's my new life. And I'm about to go run too. <laughs> skinny. Skinny. I'm going to be skinny forever. I'll never die. Um, why do straight people like this movie? I think straight people love sketch comedy. I think so, too. Do you think that out of all the forms of comedy, straight people like sketch comedy the most? What is the straightest form of comedy, and what's the gayest form of comedy, I guess? Uh, I mean, all comedy is straight, I think, in general. <laughs> comedy is a straight format, a uh, straight oh, medium. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I think, so let's just do the main three, which is sketch, stand-up, and improv. Uh, I think... Stand up is, is probably this has the gayest in it, yeah. But the people who like it are straight, right? Uh, improv is just sad, um, <laughs> so it's gay, and it's it's, so it's gay, yeah. It's depressing, it's uh, it's homosexual, and then sketch is like so specific, like, sketch has so much like hard work. I, as a former sketch comedian, uh, I can say former? That sketch is a lot of hard form. I mean, I haven't done sketch in a long ass time. You said I only do improv and stand up now. Excuse me. Yes, very because, much. <laughs> because I'm already prepared for both of those. Uh, uh, but you know, there's also like no sketch in Austin anymore. Well, I think so. live sketch over filmed sketch too. There's got to be a huge difference between those two things. Right. And then there's live oh. sketch like SNL. So there's, yeah. like, little subgenres in sketch uh, in terms of, like, yeah. how it's done. I think live sketch is very straight. Uh, yes. Because it's so it's such a minute fraction of a fraction of a fraction of people who do it. And so, like, I've done gay sketch before, but it was, like, very – we were very proud of the fact that we were, like, the first gay sketch troupe in Austin. And yeah, like, no, so, the, so that says something, right? If you're yeah. in, if it's like the whatever the late 2010s, I don't know when you did it, but if it's like mm-hmm. that late in history, honey, yeah, and you're like, wow, we really did that. It's like okay, so that is yeah. straight, and it's also yeah. was basically every every gay comedian in Austin, every gay like non stand up was in it. So to it quote like, another sketch comedy from SNL, the one where Emma Stone is with that theater troupe, sad. <laughs> But SNL has been gayer recently, you know, with Julio Torres and Bo and Yang and all that stuff and all that, all that stuff, all those people um, kind of making it a little gayer. And so, and I think that honestly, like if we're going to talk about like a, a gay sketch TV show from like this date, SCTV, Kids in the Hall, Stella, I think the gayest is probably Mad TV. Yeah, I would agree. And you know why? Because there are women in it. Yeah, because there are women and black people in that show. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I do think that sketch comedy is really straight. Um, but I will say that the senses of humor, too, of straight people, I feel like is so different than gay people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what's really crazy about being gay, like, just to get, like, a little, like, you know, society is blank, 
you know, about it. <laughs> we live in a society. We live in a society about it. But, like, I, I do think it's really fascinating that gay people can be so disparate, like, and we're so isolated for a lot of our mm-hmm. childhoods from other gay people. But we somehow all still find the same things funny, the same music good. Mm-hmm. Um, we Without a lot of influence, like, from our community, necessarily. It's true, like, ant colony shit. It's so crazy to me, especially back then when there wasn't as much, like, gay representation in the media. Mm-hmm. Like, how did we all decide, like, yes, Mariah Carey is queen at eight? Or even, like, how do we all decide, yes, Judy Garland? Yes, exactly. It's bananas to me. Truly. And I do think it's the same thing with comedy. Like, it's, like, when I meet other gay people, like, Sure, I think girlishness plays into it. So it's like, we love Clueless. We love Heathers. Like, you know, blah, 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 blah. But mm-hmm. even, like, Mad TV over SNL. Like, I always thought Mad TV was funnier than SNL as a kid. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like a lot of the women... Now, that's not knocking Molly and all the other... Rachel Dratch and all the other amazing women that were on SNL. Yes. But I do feel like there was a stronger feminine sensibility on Mad TV with, like, Mo mm-hmm. Collins. And uh, what's her face from um, Mrs. Maisel and... Uh, Borstein, lowest Alex, family guy, Alex Borstein. Alex Borstein. Like, I just feel like their their sense of humor, though offensive at times, um, overall, like really, I don't has a gayer sensibility to it. I would say, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's my little soapbox moment. I just, I don't have <laughs> no, an answer. No, no, no. I, I'm just saying it. It just, it's just cool. Just do it. Just say it out loud. It's cool. Be out loud and out proud. And we all thought Stewart was the funniest thing on the planet. Stewart's so fucking funny, dude. We are all but- little Stewarts. Fuck the wishing well, kid. I was Stuart. I was... I mean... The episode of Mad TV where it's Mrs. Swan and she goes to the gay bar... I do not remember that. I need to look that up on YouTube. It's so funny. Mrs. Swan, I I understand it is incredibly problematic at this point. Hilarious. Hilarious. Mrs. Swan, when she uses a... When she uses an ATM... That's all it is. She's just trying to use an ATM. Just that alone, Comedy. that sentence is just like, yes, mama. It's hilarious. You know exactly what's going to happen. It's incredible. Mad TV rules. It's the same thing with like Mad TV and like Scary Movie being like iconic movies. Because they, they are like the lower class of comedy. Like, you know, it's not sideways or whatever right. comedies from like the early 2000s but who gives a fuck about sideways who cares about sideways can we all, can we all I think as a society we all decided that that movie was bad right we all forgot about it yeah, yeah. okay good is that, is that, that's Virginia Madsen right yes, yes poor Virginia that um, Virginia. so sketch there. comedy is straight um, yeah. we've just said this one before when it comes to what straight people love Straight people love the fucking 80s. See, we were all dying, so... Yeah, we didn't have time to create, you know, culture and stuff because we were all dying. Yeah, so I guess that's why y'all all love the 80s because it was just really straight. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. (sighs) That's like... No, I think for me... This is the thing that... uh, It's not Annie Leibovitz. Fran Leibovitz said or she was like, whenever our... The thing that sucks about the AIDS crisis... I mean, like, a lot of stuff has sucked with the AIDS crisis, but, like... All the artists died, but also all of the art fans died, and all the film fans, and all the film critics, yeah. and the people who like were able to create a cult, like a canon, they all died too. No, it's so true. I feel like, and you know, this is just me speaking very out of my ass, speculatively, but when you think about where the American specific culture was at in terms of like engaging with art, film, music before the eighties, and it's not just the AIDS crisis; it's also like the blockbuster kind of mm-hmm. taking over what we think of as a, as movies. It's like no longer is everyone going out in droves to see Easy Rider or Midnight Cowboy, these like art yeah. films. It's like people want to go see Star Wars. Now I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking blockbuster filmmaking. I love it. But it, it's like, I will say that like you start seeing that the artfulness mm-hmm. waning in the eighties. And I do think that what you said is one of the reasons why there's a lot of them, but yeah, it's definitely, there's a case. There's a case. I'm sure somebody's written a book about it. Somebody has. I'm sure yeah, this is not an original idea. No, but <laughs> like once again, once again, like we're two gays from Texas and like culture and shit is New York and LA and the, or it still is. I mean, like not to quote my own self on Twitter, but it's like this pride month. Remember that the only gays that matter live in New York. Yeah. Uh, it's true. And so, but like, even like we're from Texas, we're from specifically Southeast Texas, and like we still like come up with these ideas. <laughs> it's still like the, you know, all gay people are connected. It's all. No, it is. That's what the, you're right. It's a total ant colony thing. It's yeah. so crazy to me, but it's like we all just get it. And then that's yeah. why when you meet a gay that doesn't get it, you're like, huh? Yeah. You don't like Madonna? You're like, 
wait, don't you've you've never you've never heard of Kylie Minogue? Never. Huh? Huh? What? You don't get vodka sodas at the club? At the club? Oh, I'm just to differentiate myself. I've become a gin and soda girl. Ooh, I I stopped drinking. <laughs> um, so I just get sparkling water. That's very gay in your thirties of you. It is. Well, I had to for my mood stabilizers to work. Very uh, gay in your thirties of you. <laughs> um, I think anti humor. Back to the comedy thing is pretty straight, and yeah. this isn't really anti. It kind of does have some anti humor stuff to it. Uh, kind of a predecessor. It's, it's lead, not it's full go, Tim It's and about to get into that Tim and Eric-y, Yeah. The real big push of anti-humor. I will say, though, a lot of my favorite comedians that are queer or are women that I love, a.k.a. Kate Berlant and John Early, I yes. feel like they also do anti-humor, too. They do, but they do the gay version of it. <laughs> right. They've taken it and they've subverted it, Hannah. They've subverted it, baby. I mean, I know it's been quoted... Many times, many ways, but I'm gagging for you, faggot. I mean, one of the great line readings of our time. And the way that she walks off, just... I know. It's so... The other two... I know. One day, we will repent for not loving the other two. No, the other two is the funniest TV show. It's out right now. It's It's so fucking hilarious. Um, No, I I don't think this... I don't think anti-humor kind of exists that way Wet Hot American Summer... You think it was uh, a precursor? I think it was a definite uh, touchstone for Tim and Eric and that side of comedy, especially because it's like this movie is so making fun of the 80s and the styles of the 80s and that sort of thing. And Tim and Eric is such a, I mean, it makes them a different type of the 80s and 90s, but it's still like making fun of it. I yeah. think that they're very much entwined. I could see that. I don't know as much about comedy as you. You're the comedy expert, so I'll take your word for it. You know how many shows I have this fucking week? I think I saw on Instagram three. Five. Five. Okay, that's insane. But yes, I have three tomorrow. Uh... And you're going to edit this podcast tonight? I am going to edit this podcast tonight after I run and cook dinner. Honey bunch. Okay. Is there anything (laughs) gay about this movie? Uh, I mean, we talk, we've touched on it both, but Michael Ian Black and Bradley Cooper. I mean, yeah, it's, that's the incredible. obvious choice. But Obvious. They fuck. They get married in the lake. It is our second gay kiss in SPM. What's up? Our second gay kiss in SPM. It is. Oh, look at that. Our first male-male kiss, not by two straight dudes giving each other oxygen underwater. So. <laughs> and both of them are alive. Yes. So yes. this is our first so living first live gay, gay, kiss. gay kiss in a barn. So there we go. <laughs> so it, it feels like representation to me. Representation matters. Uh, love wins. Love is love is love is love is. Bradley love. Cooper takes dick. He takes dick, and God, I, those Bradley socks Cooper in this is so hot. Bradley Cooper is. He's so hot. It's just unreal how hot he is. I'm just thinking about him. Just. Him and, I mean, him and Nightmare Alley, so hot. Him and A Star is Born. See, I don't get it, Dylan. This is where me and you are just, like, not going to see eye to eye. I just don't get the Bradley Cooper thing. Oh, no. I mean, you know, you know I love a dense, hairy man. Me too, but he's just too Aryan for me. Okay. I say okay. that, and I'm dating a, a white redhead, but. <laughs> um, but really, uh, the gayest thing about this movie, Dylan, we already mentioned it. But we're going to go deep into it, baby. Molly fucking Shannon's character is every gay man's mother. (laughs) She's dramatic. She's going through it. She She, needs the help of children to get through it. The part where the little boy that's become her, I'm just going to say a gay son. They can get married or whatever at the end is the joke, but that's her gay son. Um, When (laughs) he's getting her a massage and she goes, oh, my God. She's like, your hands are magic. I'm like, literally, my mother has said that to me. Because I used to give my mom massages when I was a child when she was stressed out. And I would suggest it just like that kid. Here's the thing is I can sit here and tell my therapist that like, oh, my mom took advantage of me as a kid in the sense of like, I became her like emotional well. Well, motherfucker, I volunteered. That's that's the thing about being a gay boy is you volunteer. It's like my mm-hmm. mom didn't make me do anything. I was like, no, mom, tell me more about all your problems. Here, mom, you're stressed out. 
here's a massage. I love you so much, mommy. Like the mommy's boy realness mm-hmm. of being a gay boy is intense. Well, there's a thing where it's like people say it's 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 nature, not nurture, of being gay. Like you don't choose it's to be gay. Motherfucker, it's nature. It's you. You make some choices. <laughs> you, you 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 help push the process along. Yeah, it's like there. It's like a seed. Mm-hmm. Like there's plenty of straight boys out there that probably had the gay seed, but their mm-hmm. mothers like had boundaries, so they were <laughs> able to like not be gay. But the mm-hmm. ones of us that had the gay seed, whose mothers were like, "Yes, yes, let me talk to you for two hours about my terrible mm-hmm. high school experiences when you're eight. Like, oh yeah, you, oh yeah, you sit, invite that sit in with me, son, and let's watch ninety two one zero together. So I guess it really is the mom's fault at the end of the day. Really, at the end of the day, I need to call my therapist. <laughs> He's gonna think I made a breakthrough. Whenever I do my fucking Requiem for a Dream electroshock therapy or whatever for bipolar, like, this is going to be the last thing I think of is, like, yeah, watching, like, 90210 with my mom and giving her a massage. Yeah, yeah, exactly, girl. I'm telling you. And, and, and you know what? My biggest fear right now is we're going to say all this and every single gay listener that we have is listening to us and going, like, what in the motherfuck <laughs> are they talking about? And it's like, oh, we're just a special kind of fucked up gay. Yeah, we just, we found each other. <laughs> we found each other. We started a podcast <laughs> that my Find mother still does not know about. The same trauma as you and started a podcast. That's what I tell people. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I think I would, I would take a gander to say that a, a good chunk of gay men understand what we're talking about. Well, I mean, it's a whole, there's like a whole stereotype of gays and their moms. Oh, totally. That's the whole thing. It's mama's boy times two, baby. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's why yeah. Molly Shan's performance is brilliant. <laughs> and I think she knew. I think she, she knew. knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. That's why she's in all the gay TV shows, like the other two. Yeah, she's incredible in the other two. And she's also incredible in her one scene in Happiness. Oh, I mean, Mama. And so fucking funny in Happiness. We got to talk about Happiness again. Could we do Happiness on this no, show? No, it's gay. But is it? It's... It shouldn't be put in either category. That's a, it's <laughs> offensive either way if you put it in either yeah. category. Uh, I, I mean, Welcome to the Dollhouse is gay. Yes, absolutely a gay movie. Because, like, whereas on one end of the spectrum you were smothered by your mother, there's another part of the gay experience, which is just being neglected a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we all can relate to Miss Dawn. But the thing is, it's either, you're still craving your mother's attention. Mm-hmm. So either you're neglected and still wanting it, or you're getting it and and egging on more attention, and then you're in therapy ten years later because you and have then you're in therapy issues. ten years later, and then you have both a psychiatrist and a therapist and a, a life coach. Yeah, uh, it's incredible. I love being gay in our brains. I love. Our <laughs> I brains. love it. It's so fun. It's so much it's fun so over fun. here. <laughs> Come on over. Uh, the water. The water is warm. The water is warm. We will not ignore you while we make out and you drown. We won't do it. Yeah. No, I couldn't. Couldn't do it. Let's go to our gay recommendation section. Um, I love yeah. this choice, by the way. Thank you. I mean, it's it's. it's I right mean, there. it's right there, honey. And I just wrote yeah, a we're... very amazing Twitter post about it. Ooh, send it over to Manny. This yes. I love it. Uh, we're recommending a movie that's a little gayer than the one we just watched. It's Sleepaway Camp. I mean, this yes, might a seem movie like a me. controversial choice for anyone that knows what is in this movie. Mm-hmm. But I think that the internet, I think the world is ready to take on Sleepaway Camp as a true yes. queer classic. I think so too. Yeah. If <clears throat> I don't, we don't want to spoil the ending because the ending is truly something to be believed. If you haven't seen the movie, please watch it. It's an 80s slash movie that takes place at summer camp. A uh, friend of the podcast, Morgan Davis, has a theory that Without American Summer is actually just a remake of Sleepaway Camp oh, without the ending. Totally. Which like kind of makes sense. No, totally. <laughs> And here's the thing about Sleepaway Camp with its ending. And I know we're like really, we're really buttering it up. But I Mm -hmm. guarantee that none of you listening to this have not seen this movie will guess what the ending of that movie will be. 100%. (laughs) You you cannot. It's it's, it's like, (laughs) for like a lesser movie or whatever, it's kind of like the ending of Men. Where it's like, the ending of that movie... Whatever your mind creates, whenever you know there's going to be an insane ending, is less insane than what the actual ending of the movie is. You know, I I took in more of what you said about What what Hot American Summer, like your friend's theory, and it's like What Hot American Summer is just a self-aware sleepaway camp. Because what makes (laughs) sleepaway camp brilliant is that it's like kind of badly acted. It's not really well made, 
but like there's an anti-humor accidentally Mm -hmm. embedded in it. It's not, I wouldn't even consider it like a so bad it's good movie. I would truly consider it like outsider art. It very much, it's Jandek shit. Yeah. Yeah. And even, uh, it's not a spoiler for the ending or whatever, but like even the ending, it's, mm, there is a character in the movie that the aunt, the mom, the aunt in the movie that character inclusion, it makes the movie gay. Yes. That one character who has maybe three minutes of yes. screen time makes yes. the entire movie gay. It, 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 it's like near the beginning, too, and a mm-hmm. little bit at the end, and it's like it just peppers the whole movie. Also, yeah. what makes Sleepaway Camp a great movie is that you – it's a slasher, so it's not really a mm-hmm. spoiler. But everyone that dies in that movie is a piece of fucking shit, and you are just mm-hmm. so – Glad when they die, and let me tell you, when their deaths are brutal, they're brutal. It's fucking. Then we it's get so satisfying, or whatever. It's awful. The, my favorite part is not even like a kill movie, but like they're playing kickball, I think. And one of the characters goes, "Eat shit and die," and the other, the main boy character goes, "Eat shit and live." Oh Honestly, my god! Brilliant comeback! Brilliant! Brilliant comeback! Brilliant! If you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp, I saw Sleepaway Camp with at the aforementioned Morgan, and. We saw it with some friends who hadn't seen it before, and the last five minutes we spent not looking at the screen, just looking at them. Yeah, like, I mean, you what, have are you to. what are you gonna do? What are you gonna? You what, how to. are you going to react? To this? Me when I'm watching somebody watch Dancer in the Dark at the end, <laughs> I'm just like looking at them, like, are you crying? Are you a monster? Are you, are you not a monster? Are you sobbing it? Um, no, I love this movie. I have a very special relationship with this film because it was introduced to me by a dear friend of mine in high school, and it was like a favorite of mm. our group of friends, including friend of the pod, David. Um, and we watched not only the original and loved it, but we watched the sequels too. And the original director of the film made a return to Sleepaway Camp movie in 2008 that went straight to DVD that no one cares about and no one saw, but we rented that shit and we watched it. And it still has one of my favorite line deliveries in a movie of all time, which is when somebody dies, this girl goes, all this commotion's got me jonesing for some ice cream. <laughs> that's that is a wet hot American summer line. Yeah, except that it's not, and that's what makes the movies <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Highly recommend on, Sleepaway Camp. Yes, I was on the. If you want to hear me talk more about Sleepaway Camp, I was on the podcast Knife Club, which is a horror movie podcast. Uh, we got to get you on that. Yeah, and, I was about um, to say. I was like, I've been invited on the horror movie podcast. Mm-hmm. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, uh, and. I talked about, they ask you three questions about horror movies, or it's like, what's your, what's the scariest movie? What's your favorite horror movie? And what horror movie do you never want to watch again? Or, yeah, yeah do you never want to, not never want to watch again, do you never, yeah, do you never want to be remade? That's what it was, sorry. And I was like, The Strangers, Inside, and Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Because Sleepaway Camp, I think if it's remade at all, the magic of it would be lost. There's totally, because no self-awareness kills the movie. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness it's, it's, kills Sleepaway Camp. It's fully first thought, best thought, like, beyond brain shit. It's no, so I think Sleepaway Camp's brilliant, and I actually have a very extensive 200-movie horror movie list on Letterboxd if anyone wants to go check it out on my Hell page. Yeah. I'll mention my uh, username at the end of the episode, but um, Sleepaway Camp is in my top 50 horror yes. films of all time. It's incredible. Please go And I'm not it. a slasher boy. Like, I am more of, like, a haunted house, spooky, 